You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Uh, it's election day. Yes. Yay! Yay! I can't believe it's finally here. Here's the problem with election day. They always end with somebody winning. <laughs> so I imagine that election coverage is yes, everyone's top mine. story. Uh, actually, I was going to say the Cowboys lost last night. I wanted to make sure we did a. a that's actually not a, a good, not a top. Cut the commercial. Cut the commercial. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, now I I'm just I just want to cry. Thank you for that. Uh, all right, so Glenn, what do you what do you see? Um, I want to make a prediction about tonight and what the Democrats will not learn. But it will make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, well, all right. I look forward to that. Uh, I'm just kind of taking a look at where, where we stand and where this thing is going tonight. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting election night. Almost more interesting than going into the last one. 2016 turned out really interesting. But when we were walking into it, I don't think we all, we all really thought it was going to be that, that particularly compelling. Um, this one is kind of compelling. I mean, we really don't know exactly where this thing lands. So we'll look at that a little bit. Jason, what's your take? That's kind of what I want to piggyback off of. And yesterday when you were talking about how, you know, when Fight 38 said that, you know, it was actually, you know, Trump was always in within their model within the margin of error. And I was like, well, we're really kind of right there now. A lot of races that are toss-ups were right there within the margin of error. But there's another variable that I was just talking about. We were kind of talking off-air about some of the experiences you guys had when you went to go vote, which goes right into that. So I think we actually, I don't know, I think a lot of the polls could even be even more skewed based off of what's going on right now. All right. Can't wait to get into all of that. First, want to thank our sponsor, Riduzone. Um, Riduzone is awesome if you need help losing weight or if you have already lost the weight, uh, like I did. I lost 100 pounds, and then I was still just like, oh, gosh, I want a cheeseburger. I want to go to Taco Bell, like Stu always does. Wait, you actually did want to go to Taco Bell at some point in your life? I did. Oh, okay. I, I used mean, to so go there. I hit all, yes, all the fast food places. You should places. have seen him on tour. I don't know how you... When you hit 50, brother, you are headed for Blimpsville. You don't know where it all goes? Yeah, you don't know where it This guy eats like, I had like crazy. I actually saved up for this one particular restaurant, Melt, uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and I, I went crazy on that How one. do you go crazy? That, this is all you can basically eat, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a grilled cheese restaurant. Was <laughs> this anyway. is what I like to eat. But uh, seriously, it's, I mean, weight is, it's a, it's a really big issue in America. And um, Ridizone can help. They actually take the good molecule in olive oil, and it helps boost your metabolism and help you feel full. It's really worked for me as far as maintaining and um, helping me ditch those cravings. You can go to ridiazone.com, use promo code THEBLAZE to get 30% off of a three-month supply. And by the way, if you do the math, it's like $1.79 a day, which is nothing to invest in your health. And that is R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. All right, Glenn, did you say you're not going to make us feel warm and fuzzy? No, I'm going to make oh, you feel are. warm okay, and good. fuzzy. You are. Okay, good. I mean, I think there is a chance, there's a chance that this does not end well for the Democrats, that this doesn't end well in Florida or Georgia or Texas. Maybe they have a slim, maybe, maybe they have a slim margin in the House, um, but the races where they have spent a lot of time and a lot of money and they are, you know, bringing these Jesus candidates out, um, I think there's a chance that they don't win. 
Now, it, to be clear, too, it's not religious candidates. It's people who actually think they're Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yes. No they're running. yes. Okay. Or the people the that they may not Jesus. think they're Jesus, right. but the Democratic yes. Party yeah. thinks they're Jesus. <laughs> um, and there's a chance that that doesn't happen. And, I, oh, you know, I feel like I should stand on the, on the top of Mount Crumpet, ready to dump it, <laughs> to hear the... Little who's down in Whoville cry, boo-hoo. Because I think the media, if that happens, is they may implode. They may implode. They should go on suicide watch because they won't understand it. Then Let me give you an example. Do you remember in 2012 when we felt we had all made the best case against Barack Obama and for Mitt Romney, who is not a candidate, but at least, yeah, I mean, he was he was normal-ish. Uh, and you thought, okay, it's uh, okay. We've made a good case. We didn't think going in that he would win, but we thought there was a chance. Okay, they're coming in and they think they're going to win. If these things don't turn, oh my gosh, it's going to be uh, gnashing and. Gnashing of teeth and wailing, <laughs> just, just nonstop wailing. I'm just like, I don't, I can't even know how to describe it. Like, I just don't understand why people are making such a big deal out of this election. Like, I don't understand why it's the, you know, quote unquote, most important election of our lifetime. Like, even let's let's say the absolute like nightmare scenario for GOP happens and they take both House and Senate, although unlikely for the, probably the Senate. But let's just say they do. Mm-hmm. What do we expect is going to change? Like, what are they going to do? Well, I'm because uh, the, the I'm last shocked. the and last two years has anything happened? Well, but, and we hold them more than I mean, they've got if they took both houses. That's fair, Nothing's but nothing's happened. But what about the fact that now you're talking about electing, you know, openly democratic socialists, and you know, who are proposing plans like Medicare for all and all of these sure. welfare programs? None of which have any chance at all of get, going through. No, no, no. no now, but you've, no, you've normalized it. Right. You've normalized it. By if they win these democratic socialists, and it, and it is a blue wave, I mean, the ones that I'm really interested in seeing are the ones who are the real open socialists, like Ocasio-Cortez. We know she's going to win. She's unopposed, unopposed, isn't she? I don't know if she's unopposed, but pretty much. Yeah, unopposed. I mean, she it, does, it won't matter in her right. district. Yeah. So, um, but, but seeing those people, like in Florida... If Gillum wins in Florida, that's sending quite a message. Okay, so I, th- that, sorry, I, I think that is what I'm more interested in as far as, like, this is a barometer for direction. Like, I, like, I don't care about this election at all in the slightest. They can sweep both of them. I don't care. I'd actually even, I'd actually even go, I would even, like, go forward and say I don't think that one party should control all branches of government. I don't think it's healthy. Um, I, w- I don't want any one p- party to hold that ultimate, you know, absolute power. Unless it's when Break it's Republicans it and Republicans aren't going to do anything anyway. So. Right, we're we're, we're so inept, we can't even do anything with the power anyway. <laughs> but, but I'm perfectly fine with the, one of the other parties controlling one of the, one of the other houses or both so houses. I will tell you, I just, I just voted, and I don't vote party line. Um, But boy, I came close to it this time, Um, only because uh, as I was going through it and I'm looking at the the choices, and and sometimes I vote libertarian, and uh, and in fact, it's usually my default. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it this time and I was like, you know what, (sighs) but that could put the Democrat in, and I am so wary of the Democrats right now. I don't know who's a democratic socialist and who's just a Democrat. I think 
This is a turning point for the country with democratic socialism. I, I think there's so many democratic socialists that just aren't outing themselves as such, and they're probably pleading like mad to DSA, saying, don't even mention our names. <laughs> even though our platforms are identical to Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie Sanders, please do not mention us. But they're, they're closeted DSA. Well, right, but can, and so can you imagine the, the boost of confidence they would feel if all of their friends who proclaim that they're democratic socialists get elected with no problem. Yeah, but any, anything that they would want, so even if that's the direction we're headed in, I still don't see, like, the only thing that makes me take pause on this is Obamacare, which I never would have thought would have gotten passed. That is the one thing that's, anything that can get passed in the House is dangerous. Anything that get, gets passed through executive order, I don't really give a crap about because it's just going to get switched over anyway when the next yeah. president comes in. I, I like your point short term. I mean, I think you're yeah. right in that it's, it's not the most important election of all time. It's not. I mean, people always say that all it's the time. It's a pretty important one. It, it has some, there are some important things. Remember, these people, especially in the Senate, are going to be there, will be there for six years. So, I mean, if... Donald Trump, if there's a wave election in 2020, uh, then these people will be in there. It'll be a lot easier for the Democrats to control. I mean, there are factors here I think are important. There is individual races I think that are important. Um, and I certainly don't want, you know, uh, Democratic socialists being elected to anything. Um, you know, I, so I, I, but generally speaking, I'm with you on this. I think you can get to a point where, you know, losing the House, it's, it's, it's sort of, a, when you're talking about the next two years, it's really hold them both or... Eh. Because if you lose the House, you're not getting anything passed anyway, whether you hold the Senate or not. Mm -hmm. You'd rather not lose both. Now, if they lose the Senate uh, and the House, the Democrats will be able to pass uh, some stuff. And likely, we would, we would hope, if Trump uh, would, would veto, veto those things. Is, is there some of that? Like, uh, for example, an infrastructure bill, a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. Well, Trump's not going to veto that. Right. Um, so there is some, there are some there, it can make you nervous in the short term if they lose them both. Um, would the GOP veto it with that as well? With they the ran state, there were yeah, they I mean, may or may not. So I don't think it's that big of a difference. Although I would, I would guess a Republican infrastructure plan would be slightly less bad than a Democratic one. But who knows? I guess though, I think that when you're talking about real people's lives, though, there are a lot of uh, governors races that will actually affect people's lives. Gillum in, in Florida is a great example of it. You're going to go from a state that has real economic freedom and has been a, a juggernaut with the economy. Top three, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the top three as far as economic freedom goes. Oh, oh to well, bottom three. As per the Cato Institute, number one freest nation in the country. Freest, freest state. state in the in the country. And what would that number fall one. to? You think if forties, uh, fifty, you know, maybe sixties? Yeah, so does it go to the sixties? <laughs> bottom five. <laughs> yeah, bottom, bottom five. five. Bottom five. Which uh, are, if you look at their map, is black. Mm -hmm. Right now, they are orange, which is like the top five. They that's insane. Yeah. That, that shift. If that tells you, well, you know, like if you're taking taking the temperature of the country right there, mm -hmm. Trump took won that state twenty four months ago. Yeah. How do you switch to crazy, like, you know, hardcore leftist in 24 months? I think because he's a good candidate. I think it's really just he's I just think a this is candidate. The, I think sincerely that this is the, the problem. We have gone to a cult of personality, and we did that with Barack Obama. Then we did somebody who can outdo him with Donald Trump. Now it's just, can we get somebody likable, somebody I'd like to hang out with? That's the secret of Beto. That's the secret of Gillum. That's the secret of those two. And that is what the Democrats will not learn. Even if these guys lose, they will say, it doesn't matter. Those guys are good candidates, wrong states, wrong positions. We'll run them again. They, they, are, they are looking now for candidates who are just good Showman, good, um, just good with people. So you can say, 
look, I think capitalism is over. But I know, but she's really nice. You know, she's nice. She seems normal. She was a bartender. She's not going to do anything bad. That's the problem. We're no longer listening to what people are actually proposing. We're just saying, I don't know, I like him. In a, in a way that I have never seen before. What was your experience voting? Uh, there, were there long lines? Was it none. simple? No, it was me and what's his name? Jason? Is it Jason Wooden. Stop Jason it. Witten. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. I had no idea who he was. No! <laughs> he was in the booth next to me and it was just the two of us and I walked out and somebody said, you see Jason <gasps> I said, I don't know, but did he see me? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm so jealous right now. So I, got, I did get yelled at because I did take something. I'm going to wear it for uh-huh. election coverage tonight. I did take something off the table. Um, I've never met a Vietnamese neighbor, but we had these on the table, and I think... I think it just says I, I voted. voted today. I'm not. I hope. <laughs> I hope. If it's a swear word, I apologize. What was your experience, though? As far as just voting, I mean. First of all, I'd like to just be the mother at the table and mm-hmm. scold both of you for oh. waiting until voting day. Uh, some of us were on tour. You had yeah. two weeks before that. We, we were working on tour. We were working. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yes, it was. That was a heck. I mean, I really intended to do it, and I've done it every other year. Yeah, I used yeah. to always. We always used to do, when we were working in New York, I always had to vote absentee. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, this is the first time I voted on election day in years and years and years. Um, it was very easy. No lines at all. Um, I will say they only have one of the digital machines, and, I, and my wife took that. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll do the, you know, I'll color in all the boxes. Really? Which was like a 45-minute process. I, re- I didn't realize know those how little, still existed. You realize how little you write? No. Um, because you know your hand starts to hurt. <laughs> like I, it was, it took a while. I looked at a, I looked at this. The lady said, "So, would you like to use the paper, or would you like to use the electronic?" And I said, "You have paper? Uh, oh yeah, they're all paper. One electronic." I yeah. was like, "No, I'll Same take the electronic." Oh wow! It was all paper wow. except for one. And then they, and there was no screen behind it. Yeah, there's no like, protection. The same thing with mine. So oh, like, wow. if you're doing the the electronic one, everyone's watching you vote, and that's like, I don't really. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. So I did. The, I wanted doing the paper one. But you didn't have the little. Their little blockers. They kind of have blockers on the side, but everyone's yeah. standing behind you. It doesn't mean anything. Oh. It doesn't help. <laughs> I think this says it all. It does. Toy Noi Tiang Viet. Mm, that's, that was beautifully. Are you? Uh, are you from, you're born there. Very fluent. Very fluent. Uh, before we go to break, what are the big races that people should keep an eye on? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. We're gonna go through that. By the way, all during this election coverage today, I'll be at the chalkboard moving magnets around. It'll be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we have a bunch of uh, Senate races that are basically toss-ups. I mean, close to pure toss-ups in Arizona, Missouri, Florida, um, Nevada is another one. Um, you have a bunch of those in that sort of world. And then over in the Repu- one, one I wanted to focus on when I was mentioning the governors just a second ago uh, is Georgia. Um, Georgia is also has basically a Democratic Socialist running for a governor. She has a really good chance of winning. Um, everyone's talking about her be- just because she would be the first black female governor of Georgia. And that's a big deal, which, you know, sure. But like policies matter, too. Um, and that one is interesting because I really believe it should be policies matter, period. period. You know, I'm fine with that. Um, I just don't think anyone cares about that stuff anymore, I guess. But what's really interesting about that one is Democrats talk about Texas turning Texas blue. They talk about making Texas even purple. And it's such a huge victory. Georgia is a gigantic deal there, too. And I think that one goes first. They lose the Republicans lose Georgia on on national elections. They're going to be toast or at least in real danger for a long time. And Georgia is is really trending. Texas 
you know, yes, it's moving, but it's still a red state. And even if Beto were to win this somehow, which is possible but unlikely, you know, it's a, he's kind of a, a certain candidate. You know, it's a, there's a matchup issue there that helps. I mean, you're still seeing Greg Abbott win by 20 points for governor. Mm-hmm. In Georgia, though, that is a state that is really turning into a purple state. It's not quite there. But if they get that one over the hump, uh, you know, the, the road to the presidency, road to 270 gets really difficult for Republicans. And that's one where I think a lot of people aren't focusing. Uh, it's going to be a big deal. And if, yeah. if she gets in there, uh, you know, that it's, it's a big statement and a big step in that direction. Yeah. And uh, remember to tune in after this show. It is 6 p.m. Eastern. We will have coverage all night. Back in a minute. Do you think, though, with the governor's race mm-hmm. in Texas, if it was Greg Abbott, Versus. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. A lot more to get into, but before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Uh, especially on election day, right? It's so important to think, oh my gosh, if Democrats took over, there could be a really huge natural disaster on our hands. <laughs> you never know what there they could, could cause. You know, honestly, um, I think the stock market has kind of um, already priced this in, but if there is a huge blue wave today, you're going to see a stock market in uh, change its tune tomorrow. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. But in all seriousness, you never know when uh, some sort of disaster could strike. And if you're left without power uh, or flooding or anything like that, you are left without food. You know, you could have your leftover uh, KFC or whatever, not naming any names here. Um, <laughs> Why do you look at me uh, like I'm Colonel Sanders? Or something? I said I wasn't naming any names. <laughs> right, okay. uh, but then once you're done with that, you're done. So that's where my Patriot Supply comes in. They've got a 25-year shelf life. Um, their food is really delicious. And you, you just need a little bit. You need like yeah. two or three weeks of emergency food just to get you, fi- just to get you by. You can't count on FEMA. Yeah, I, I never cared about government. any of this uh, until I had kids. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I should probably make sure they don't die yeah. of starvation if something bad happens. It's I'm, probably a good move. I've yeah. had the privilege of being on the front lines of a lot of different disaster scenarios, like tornado relief. I went with you, Glenn, one time mm-hmm. up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, other places all over the world where the Marines and the U.S. militaries had to intervene and, and help out. And that's the first thing. And you saw it when we were there, Glenn, is like people are just devastated. Yeah. They have nothing. Yeah. Like literally have nothing. If, if you haven't prepared, you think about just water, basic things that you just take for granted. There was a story not too long ago, a few months ago, where there was a false uh, FEMA message that went out on cell phones in mm-hmm. Oregon. Remember this story? Mm-hmm. Insane. But it was a false story, but within two hours, all of the supermarkets were cleaned out. Mm-hmm. The, the pictures looked apocalyptic. People were fighting in the streets. And then it came out after that that it was not, not a real message. But that's how unprepared we are for these Yes. Things. Yeah. You need a few weeks of emergency food supply. You can go to preparewithnews.com, and right now you can get two weeks of breakfast, lunch, and dinner for $75. That's a steal to get two full weeks of uh, just-in-case food. That is preparewithnews.com. All right, um, the early voting numbers were huge. I don't know, we obviously don't know at this time what the turnout will be on election day, but early voting was, it blew out of the water the 2014 midterms. Th- this, yes, uh, 2014, I think, were around like 24 million, 25 million, something like that. We just hit 36 million, well, it's not just hit, but 36 million people uh, did early voting this year. That's insane. That's almost up there with the presidential election. Well, but how many states have joined since then? I mean... Since 2014? Yeah. yeah At least 10 know. or 12. Yeah. 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 
No, no, know. no. How many states have joined in <laughs> on the union? I mean, yes, there have been more people that have voted, but there are more states that are allowing it, too. So it's not a necessarily a reflection of... It's not a stable number. I mean, I saw, but even in Texas, I mean, we've been doing it for a while. I saw Dallas County, there were record numbers there. Uh, Collin County, I believe there were record numbers there. Even just on the first day, the turnout was insane. It's it's definitely up. I mean, it is definitely, the turnout is definitely up. People are more engaged this year. It's it's unclear, you know, so you can get, you you have to be hesitant to deal with that because you don't know who is voting. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, Democrats are typically more likely to come out and do early voting. Um, So sometimes you'll see Democratic numbers like here in Texas. Beto is putting his entire campaign on hoping that that's real. It may be, um, but a lot of times that, you know, some of the Clinton early numbers, voting numbers were fantastic and like in, in states where she yeah. either just squeaked by or lost. Well, what's crazy t- to me is that usually the, uh, you know, the defending party is like they come out in droves because, mm-hmm. you know, they're obviously united, you know, to, you know, to take back what they've lost. Mm-hmm. But in this election, it's, it seems like it's pretty much equal on yeah. both sides. It seems like, like they're obviously hashtag resist and they're going, mm-hmm. you know, full steam ahead. But then, especially with Kavanaugh and everything else, the GOP likewise have been coming out like crazy. So I don't like, so when, when you like, when you're talking about like, you know, like when you're talking about like a 2%, you know, margin of error in some of these polls, and I, I was like, how do, how do you even know? How, does that skew? Like, you would know this better than I do, Stu, but doesn't that, all these early voting numbers, doesn't that skew some of these polls where we just really don't know what's going to happen? I mean, I think it's definitely true we don't know what, what's going to happen. Um, you know, the, the early polls, the early voting has misled a lot of people into thinking they knew what was going to happen in an election and then it wound up going the other way. Which, can um, I point out real quick yeah. also, is that the early voting in the last election as well, mm-hmm. which everyone, you know, mm-hmm. picked, famously picked Hillary Clinton, that was the most early voting they'd ever hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can go either way. I think it's an interesting thing to watch. It's really changing the way that we deal with this. It's also interesting to think about where polls were if they move late. For example, yeah. it looks to me, it looks to be by these late numbers uh, that the Democrats had a little movement to their side in the last couple of days before the election. It's not as valuable as it once was when half of the people have already voted. Mm-hmm. Well, they were voting in a, in a circumstance where maybe they were, you know, th- those points didn't exist. Um, so that is, a, it, it can, it, it is, Changing the way and the dynamic that you can uh, that you can do this, plus a, a, an operation like Beto, right? Where they can they will dump all this money into getting people out to early vote, so that they're free to get people to go the, all the other people to go get to vote on election day. So, especially a campaign that has a lot of resources like that can take advantage. Uh, but I, I think you're right in that, like you know, there is a uh, we really don't know, and, and even without that, we're t- when you're talking a two point race. It's anybody's race. The, 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 there's so many races, that, and you know, there's enough of them on the Democratic side that it, they're, they're the favorite. But that does not mean they win, right? I mean, you know, teams lose all the time when they're the favorites. That is very common, and that's the way we should really look at this. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, they're at 80% favorite. Um, you know, they have no chance. Republicans have no chance to hold the House. That's, that's definitely not how we should walk into this tonight. We also are talking to somebody later on um, on TV, are we going to have him back from the prediction? Yeah, market? yeah, pre- predict it. Yeah, um, he has the coolest name. Yeah, flip, uh, flip, flip, Pado. Yes, flip, flip Pado. I like it. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's going to be on, and the prediction market is uh, a way. It's almost, it's almost like gambling, but it's, it's not. It's legal. Um, and what they're trying to do is gather intelligence on how people think, and you know what they tell posters, and what the pollsters, and what they actually are doing. Um, so we're going to have him on because he has a couple of uh, surprises that the prediction marks it's, markets are showing for tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. Can't wait. Back in a minute.
Where did he stand with um, Florida? I think he said uh, Toy Noi Tiang Viet. <laughs> hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez, and if you like what you're hearing on this program, you should check out the Glenn Beck program. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. All right, remember to tweet us your questions or comments using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Uh, really quickly, Magnum Gri- Grimlock says, probably the most important question to be asked one day or the day of the midterm elections for Pop-Tarts, toaster mm. pastries, what's the best way to enjoy them, toasted or straight out of the package, Glencoe? Toasted and with butter on top. I know nobody ever does it, what? but it is fantastic. With the frosting? With frosting, toast it, take it out piping hot, take butter and slather it on top, and you have never had a Pop-Tart like it. It's delicious. Wow. What do you I've say heard Glenn's take on this before. I've never had it, but I, I just believe him. I just I just <laughs> freaking believe you. I, I'm going to go with that, even though I've never done it before. But you've, you've, have you had Pop-Tarts? Yeah, I usually eat them right out of the package. Okay, I, I can't me too. Wait. It's like you got to wait I mean, like when six I ate go seconds. Home, go home, put them I, in, and put butter on, real butter. I, sounds oh, great. My <laughs> so good. Okay, Jason, really quickly. It sounds amazing, but I always just try the pack. Straight wait. out of the package. I can't wait to put it back. Also, I'm the weirdo who does not. I don't want the frosting. I just want the plain. Get of course. Out, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Never would have guessed like, that before. Like a path over here. There's like, uh, <laughs> kale frosting on it. All right, coming up next, we'll be right back with you with election night coverage. We're going to be here all night. It'll be Mid-time fun. Midterm election 2018. Make sure to tune in. Pat may eat his underwear tonight. May eat his underwear. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.